Hello and welcome to Previously On, a difficulty class podcast where we relax and talk about all the kick-ass games that we're a part of. I'm one of your storytellers, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Ali Deitchman. That is right. And before we get into the stories, uh, a little bit of dungeon keeping here in, in Previously On, you may notice that this episode is a little quieter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's because I, re- I I really like the way that the show sounded with the sound effects and everything, but it was it was taken too long and it was adding a lot of extra stress onto me. Plus, I had I was paying for the sound effects too, which you know <laughs> money sinking into a show that doesn't make money. Eh. Um, but yeah, the, it, this these shows were ending up taking about five hours to edit, so. <laughs> Yeah, five hours for a one-hour show, and then you know sometimes we went longer, and sometimes I tr- I made it even more difficult on myself because I'm like, no, I want to get the exact sound effect for this. So, yes, it's on me and stuff like that. But I we're we're gonna for right now we're not gonna do any sound effects. Let us know if the show is demonstrably worse now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, man, I really I really can't do it without the sound it's effects. The sound effects that Let did us it for me. <laughs> Yeah, honest, honestly, like if if that is genuinely how you feel, let us know at difficultyclass at gmail dot com, um, because we we do want to keep this show fun and interesting. It we do see that people enjoy this show, mm-hmm. so we want to know how we can make it better, but also not cause it to the point that one of us is you know stressing out so bad that they're freaking out and having panic attacks. Um, yeah, we want to avoid that. So <laughs> yeah, remember this is where we relax and talk about games. Yeah. So. Trying to find a way to relax while editing as well. Ah. Um, if you have any suggestions for where what we might do with background sound or anything like that, please let us know also. I'd like to epidemic sound, but their songs are only like two minutes each, and then I'd have to spend time like overlapping, and it ended up being the <laughs> same thing. So, anywho, Allie, how were yeah. your games this week? <laughs> They were fun. Um, they were kind of short, which I mean, like honestly, I'm. It's holidays, man. I'm. I, I'll take short games because I'm also working in retail, <laughs> so I'll yeah. take what I got. <laughs> um, but Wednesday, uh, we did our regular Neverwinter game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they leveled up. They're level seventeen now. Oh my god! Yeah, that's how that's how high level you were when uh, we did that Tiamat game yeah. last year or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, last yeah, it was about. Um, they they were able to level up using the Tasha's book too. So like, uh, Twyla got to take. She took a level in Bard, but she used defeat to get a Eldritch invocation. <laughs> she's like i can have my cake and eat it too and i'm like yes you can (laughs) because she's been struggling to fight like debating whether she should go another level in warlock or another level in bard because she wants that she wants that ninth level spell slot yo (laughs) she wants it sooner Mm. rather than later and so she also wanted to swap out a spell or two and i'm like yeah no go for it um and it's just yeah so using tasha's this level up was actually really nice everyone kind of appreciated that nice um, after they leveled up, uh, there was this lovely time that they, 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 for context, essentially, they had the feast in uh, Phandalin, celebrating them and their victory, handling, quote, the white dragon. And mm-hmm. uh, Raskin, the person who kind of like watches over the town, he's like, well, you guys kind of really earned your keep. So if you happen to find some mithril lying around in the mine, I don't think anyone would fault you. <laughs> <laughs> so like great point and so they went up to uh ice Spire peak once again um and they come to the mountain to find that a lot of the stockpiles of mithril are now gone and mm. uh it looks like the place has been kind of gone through in a quickly fashion also they notice the the small tunnels leading to the mithril have been tunneled <laughs> in a large size uh maybe perhaps for a dragon to reach through and access um i don't know if i mentioned this last time but they did figure out what all the mithril was for and why it was so important to the dragon uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah but but you know for people who may not remember go ahead yeah um they during the fight with verum the white they found her uh casting a spell using this mithril necklace 
and in her she was holding the necklace in her left hand and in her right hand was a literal like hunk of mithril ore and she cast a spell into the necklace using it and she consumed so she essentially used crushed the mithril with her fist and it consumed the mithril during the spell almost like a spell component Mm -hmm. and they kind of did a little uh like research into it and they're like okay so it's actually a component part of the spell to enhance um, abjuration spells in a way that is very just not done before. <laughs> mm-hmm. The downside is that it requires a shit ton of mithril to do this every single time. And so uh, Roland was thinking initially, like, oh, this will be a perfect thing for Twyla. But then he con- he he did a practice spell where it's like, oh, yeah. Um, I did a, a shield. I'll do a shield spell. It's like, cool. Uh, your AC went up by eight. Okay. I consumed a pound of it. Yeah. How long does it last? Jeez. About six seconds. Whoa. Okay. So it the, mm, the income outcome isn't really efficient yet. And I'm like, no, not yet. She didn't have it down pat. Which explains why the dragon needed not just all the mithril in Icefire Peak, but all the mithril that he could find. <laughs> yeah. Because he needs to upkeep these spells that have been enchanted. Hmm. So, uh, with the dragon having taken the majority of the mithril, they still have enough left over uh, in the mine that he wasn't able to exactly pick up or bother with. Um, Roland was able to fabricate uh, horse barding for Edgar. Uh, Edgar being the Bertram's Pegasus. <laughs> so his his Pegasus went from AC of 12 to an AC of 18, <laughs> which is really good because Edgar kept getting hit a lot. <laughs> um, and so they spent some time on the Icewire Peak just fabricating. Um, Saphir had... Uh, harvested the wormlings like the the albino purple wormlings and so he got some uh, valuables off of those guys using the Harmon's harvesting handbook uh supplement that I oh yeah yeah um and they're like great okay well where do we go next and they're like well we still have this mask in our pocket so we really need to go to l'oreal silverhand so they went to Waterdeep. Um, they're able to teleport yeah. there because Twyla has kind of finagled her way of finding pieces from each important city that she goes to to teleport back without fail. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And so she thinks ahead like that. And so they were able to get there and they're like, well, we got lots of options. We could either go there right now. Uh, we could try to find a place to stay and then go there. We, we, what do we want to do? And so they decided it was evening. They're like, there's no exact rush to do this. So... They're going to go spend a night at the Yawning Portal because they haven't done that yet. And yeah. they're going to go talk with Silverhand in the morning. So there was this. This is some good D&D adventure right here. Yeah. Start out the Yawning Portal, <laughs> go see Laura Silverhand. All right. <laughs> so there was just this great time where they were able to just spend some genuine downtime at the Yawning Portal being complete tourists just like. Roland doing his people watching thing, just seeing like how many, how often people go down and up the well. And like he's noticing people are coming out with different like marks on them, whether it be from burns, swords, bites, slashes. Like they're punctured, like some way or another, not one of them is the same. And he's like, how big is this dungeon? did 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 you see anything creepy down there? Well, there was a door. And when we opened it, it just poured out skulls. <laughs> just it kept going. lots and lots of, like, more skulls than should have been possible. <laughs> and then we came back. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I was trying to just portray through just describing all these people coming out from the well. Uh, whether they were down there for two minutes or whether they were down there for an hour, they all came out different. I wanted to show my players, like, this place underneath is huge. <laughs> it's not just, like, a few rooms and then you come back out. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so Roland, that really piqued Roland's interest. Um, and Oh, God, are they going to go into the, the freaking, are they going to go into Undermountain? 
<laughs> is that what is that where your campaign's going next? Honestly, it's up to them. I don't know if they will. Uh, probably like an a post like we've took down Valindra. We don't have a care in the world. Let's go handle Undermountain <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume that's what's in their heads right now. But um it was great. Twyla spent the entire night barding and so she was like yeah. it was great because she just she made like a lot of money too and she pretty much was able to spend time with people of her craft because there were a lot of other bards in the yawning portal at the same time so it was like a lot of fun mm-hmm. and she got to enjoy her time there um but eventually nice. they went to sleep and they woke up in the morning and uh there's this great moment where it was like you wake up and you you leave your rooms to find the entire tavern kind of filled with this sense of anticipation not for any particular reason, but you're noticing that there's like at every other table is one or two adventurers ready to go waiting for someone or just kind of counting their money, figuring out what they want to do next. It's like this is a place where adventurers go to do this, to to start their day. And yeah. you're at the start of the day. And it's kind of cool to kind of ex- like to to explain that and to to, to say that out loud as a DM because it's like. You guys might be top tier adventurers right now, but there are a lot of low tier and a lot of them start <laughs> here. <laughs> but speaking of high tier, uh, they went to go see Laurel Silverhand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, because I don't necessarily, uh, you know, prepare ahead of time, I didn't know exactly where she would be. So I just said, yeah, there's a grand hall somewhere and <laughs> she's there. <laughs> Uh, somewhere in the castle ward. We'll just say that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so. Yeah, that works. Yeah. So they went and go see her and there's um, kind of almost like there's, I forgot what I called her, like a seneschal, essentially someone who is like taking care of everyone who is in the Grand Hall main area, just waiting to be called upon for a meeting with Silverhand herself. And they all noticed that everyone else in there was like highbrow. They looked like like nobility kind of people, very rich, either rich merchants or rich money, rich in age, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all are wanting to meet with the uh, open loader water, water deep right now. And so uh, the Seneschal kind of walks up. She's like, uh, what can I do for you guys? And they're like, hey, we kind of have like this artifact <laughs> she's like what about it and it's like no 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 it's a it's a mask that got her interest and she's like oh shit it's one of those masks oh wait that means a lot and so she kind of processed <laughs> what that meant because if they have the mask that that means that they took down Varum the white Varum the white i quickly set up in my universe has been like fbi number one most wanted for like the past year ever since the well of dragons because mm-hmm. instead of taking her final stand with Severin, she dipped. <laughs> and uh, they've been trying to track her down this whole time because she has the white mask of dragons. <laughs> and very powerful. And so she has been taken down. This group did it. And so the Seneschal's like, yeah, no, uh, let me tell Lariel. She'll put things aside. She'll, yeah, we'll meet with you in a second. So they're waiting and people are kind of like chatting, like whispering about him and stuff. And then uh, all of a sudden the Seneschal comes back, but she's flanked by two twin wizards uh, who are wearing robes. They look like very articulate robes, but um, it's the same coloring as the guards. So it's like guards, but wizards. Mm-hmm. And uh, guards. Yeah. And they pretty much like offer like, we'll take the mask, but only through using Mage Hand. <laughs> Because uh, it's been established, like, if you touch the mask, the mask will attempt to, because uh, it's like a semi-sentient kind of artifact, it will attempt to skew your goals, like, change your alignment a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so, without touching it, they managed to kind of carry it up through the Grand Hall, up to the meeting areas. And um, it they eventually come to this single door. Um, it's elaborate, but it's not like a huge double door entrance or anything. And... Um, They tell the party, the two wizards, like, hey, you might want to leave all your extra dimensional stuff here just so that way there's not a mess inside for us, please. They're like, why? It's like, there's going to be an anti-magic field. It's like, oh. So they leave all their bags of holding. They leave the uh, just everything in there. It's a good call. Uh, Roland took down his ion stone that was floating in the air so it doesn't fall. And they're like, okay, now we're ready. 
Um, they open the door and it's a it's a rather small room. It's like a 20 by 15 foot room. Um, there is a single chair in there that's like in the shape of a U and there's a chair in the middle and chairs surrounding it on the outside. Lariel herself is standing in the middle of the room um, and I try my best to describe her but honestly that picture in the Waterdeep Dragon Heist book was like the best thing I could do for my players and so it was like this mm -hmm. gorgeous picture of her just in her robes of the arch magic magi like just robes like splendent going all the way down to the floor her hair although up in braids going down hitting the back of her knees still and it's like and she just has this very steel and piercing look but her body language portrays such as like welcome in sit down <laughs> so it's very much a I need you to respect me for this to work kind of mood. Yeah. And everyone was picking up on that and they're like, okay. And so they all sat down and as soon as they did um, and she sat down with them, they felt the anti-magic field wash over them as it was focused on L'Oreal. Mm. Um, she excuses her, the magic because she says it's the first time meeting any adventurers, especially ones of high repute, such as yourselves. There must be precautions taken. And at this point, everyone feels a little drained because everyone's got a little bit of magic in them. And whether that be uh, magical items boosting themselves up or literal magical just part of their being is just a little, they feel a little powerless. Um, everyone's feeling that way except for Roland. Roland feels fine. He feels like he still has all the power that he needs. Hmm. Saphir is concerned because he's like, he looks over <laughs> at, at Roland and Roland is a little pale. And it look, he looks like as if he's a little clammy. And the reason why Saphir is worried is because Roland has the cloak tower cape on him. And that's an artifact, a magical artifact that essentially one person in that, in that cape right now is holding back the spell plague. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> See, you're, you're picking oh. up. Yeah. And so they were worried about like, well, what will happen if if his cloak goes into the anti-magic field? And they asked the person in there and he's like, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> We've never been in this situation before. And so when they sat down, they're like, well, we're either going to burst into flame next to one of the most like prominent magic <clears throat> people in the country or it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, it was half fine. Uh-oh. Uh, Roland felt like he still had all the power he could have. Um, in fact, he felt a little good. He felt like a little spiffy. Um, not anything to where it was like noticeable, to where it was just player noticeable. You, in particular, don't feel drained. But you don't, you, you don't know that you don't feel drained until afterwards. <laughs> mm -hmm. Spencer is like, okay, that's bad <laughs> i'm like yeah but we'll get to that later um lariel <laughs> speaks with them she explains that she does know who they are um that she is very very thankful for their deeds that they've done especially on ice Spire peak and um she wants to thank them profusely but first she has to get to the matter of handling the mask and so they hand the mask over and she kind of goes to the other side of the room. There are two uh, large open windows and uh, she kind of faces one of them and she grabs the mask still in the anti-magic field. Uh, it appears as she's kind of left them uh, mm -hmm. to go to the other side of the room. And she starts doing an incantation with one hand holding the mask and the other hand kind of on the cowl of it, um, almost covering the, the dragon head that was peeking up over and she mm -hmm. performs this incantation ritual of sorts. Um, Roland picks up that it has elements of sending on it, but it's very much twisted. Like, uh, like as if you took sending the spell, but then you immediately erased half of it and you rewrote it. Yeah. Okay. And before long, she finishes her incantation and then kind of looks at the mask and tosses it to one of the wizards and they kind of fumble as they catch it. And she's like, that's done. It's all five. And she kind of looks like she her shoulders relax and she's just like, it's been a long time. <laughs> it feels yeah. good to finally be done with that. 
Roland immediately is like, what did you just do? (laughs) (laughs) As she kind of just like waves one of the wizards off and says, go and dispose of that for me. And she's like, I sent the power back to its original owner. That thing is worthless now. And uh, Roland immediately, is it possible for me to learn what you just did? (laughs) And she kind of like looks at him quizzically and says, if you have time, yes. And they got to talking because L'Oreal wants to thank them um, properly. Uh, She tells them that she can either give them their due reward in gold and platinum or if they wish to call upon a favor a personal favor from Lyle Silverhand they can oh jeez at that point they're kind of scrambling they're like wait we didn't think about that we didn't know that was an option <laughs> and she's like it's okay I'll give you like you can get three days come back to me tell me what you need and they're like great she's like alright you guys are free to go again thank you so much for what you've done for the for Faerun it's great thing you did and they leave and she's like ah but one more thing um please go to see vajra uh, vajra she actually would like to speak with you oh i love vajra and they're like why but then twyla makes the connection because she grew up in Waterdeep. she knows who's the black staff is she also knows vajra is the leader of the what the gray hands is that what they're called yes yeah they met a gray hand, a member of the gray hands before. And Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? Yep, they they sadly were there for when he didn't make it out. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah. And so she tells them that uh Vajra just wants to speak with you about something. And Twyla immediately makes all the connections. She's like, "Okay. Again, thank you." And she leaves and they all leave. And um, that's pretty much where we ended it at that at that point because oh I'm excited to hear about them talking with Vajra. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the sake of just spoilers on Storm King's Thunder, it's totally an optional situation that could happen, but um, I didn't want to say the exact name and stuff that happened. Yeah. But, yeah, that was something that happened to them like about six months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been kind of weighing and- on their minds about it too so this will be interesting to go in there again for sure like in your game that character didn't make it in my game uh they did so i i, I love that that's one thing i love about D games <laughs> especially with pre-written campaigns like how did yours go it feels like talking about a video game yeah like <laughs> like like you're talking about skyrim or something like that it was just like oh yeah and then i did this uh quest that was basically the hangover and someone goes wait what <laughs> I didn't know that was even a thing you could do. So I, mm-hmm. I always love that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and it, it, was, it was good. It is also really funny when you talk to someone else about their like game, and then you tell them like, "Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't part of the pre written thing," and they're just like, "My DM fucked me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they they just did that to mess with me. What? Yeah, that's always fun. Uh, I will say a little bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, bragging point. I didn't plan that out at all. I had no idea how she was going to handle the mask. I made that, that shit That was really up. cool. <laughs> that was real. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I when we did uh, ri- uh, Rise of Tiamat, I gave you no help because you guys literally went, here's mask, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, they're like, yeah, they took care of him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, what do they do with him? Do they just lock him away? I'm like, nah, it's Laurel Silverhand. She's got to have a better answer than that. <laughs> I mean, you may now be raising questions in uh, my canon of what happened to those masks. And I'm like, shit, I should probably figure that out. <laughs> right? Because mm. it's like a big artifact yeah. thing. Yeah. it's. I do... I do love now that in both of our continuities, the uh, wearers of purple have come back in some way. Oh, yeah. Like... Like I, I had the the one where Jace uh, faked his death because a wear of purple was coming after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and it's times. like it's it's not the end of them either. Like this is there. There's still that that FBI most wanted list. The, the yeah Swords Alliance <laughs> essentially most wanted list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that was that was my Wednesday game. It was a lot of fun, and my players said I played Silverhand amazingly, which I will take to heart because. 
that was difficult. <laughs> She's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into the Pathfinder game that I missed and I'm excited to know about what happened, <laughs> uh, let's talk about my session zero. Yeah. Um, so like I said uh, last time, uh, I'm taking a break from DMing the Golden Pals uh, because I need to figure out what the hell is going on. Fair. And... Um, that that's going to take me quite a bit. So to to help with that, um, one of my players, Tom, is taking over running the group, and he's going to be doing uh, the essentials kit. So uh, the Ice Spire Peak ones. I don't I don't know if people are going to be too touchy about the spoilers for that, but there probably will be spoilers. <laughs> but it's the essentials kit. I don't know. I mean, we also kind of went uh, through like two of the missions already on my end. Yeah, the past few it's weeks, like so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, like um, I, the, I, I don't know. I guess I'm weird. Like I'm, I'm a strange D and D player because if I knew I was gonna be a player in a game, I still wouldn't care if it got spoiled for me because I've proven to myself that I can keep, uh, player knowledge and character knowledge separate, and even sometimes just straight forget about it <laughs> and only remember when it comes up and go, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just as a heads up. Uh, but so last week, actually the, the day before uh, the, the episode went up, we did our session zero and it went about as well as you could possibly hope it would go. Awesome. Like, there's always a level of nervousness you go into on a session zero. Actually, uh, tr- uh, on Twitter, Trontarian, I think I was, uh, was tweeting about like, hey, does anybody else still get nervous about session zeros? And I'm like, 100%, been doing it for almost 10 years. Yeah. Still nervous going into one. And man, did this one go well. So we, we came in uh, with mostly just vague ideas. Tara is actually going to be playing in this game Um uh, and uh, she actually already had her character fully built. <laughs> Even, Tom was just like, just come with an idea. And Tara's just like, I overachieved. <laughs> uh, and it, it worked great. So we started building characters. We started talking about concepts. Um, my my sister Christy is in it. And I was like, hey, what if we're brother and sister in this and we don't know who our dad is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're we're taking some real life stuff of like yeah you know we're we're siblings and uh, we don't we don't know we got daddy issues woo um and we we settled pretty quickly on being half orcs nice um so because we were like you know you know what we we want to have we want to do something different and talking about what we were going for we we're like okay let's do half orcs our mom was an orc who we grew up with. And our dad is somewhere in Faerun. Um, And so we're talking about that. Kyle pretty quickly decided, I want to be a Kenku rogue. Oh, neat. Um, Yeah. So he he started working on that. Uh, St. James, being St. James, goes, I want to use a gun. And we're like, what? He's like, I want to use a gun. And then and Tom's just like, I don't know if we could. And I just got real close to Mike. I'm like, Tasha's has a new feat that allows you to be a gunslinger. So you could 100% do that. Mm-hmm. And so he's now a ranger that is a gunslinger. Cool. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, before, I, before I get into Alex's one, I'm going to do next because Alex is kind of where it all formed up from. Uh, so Nick is a, uh, he's a fighter right now. Uh, he's half elf, but what he decided is he goes at, uh, next level. Um, I'm going, a courier is going to find me somehow, or I already have this thing and it activates. Basically I have a tome that belonged to my uncle who passes away while we're out here and his fae pact gets transferred to me. Oh, so I get a warlock pact that I didn't agree to that is now mine via my uncle dying in it passing to me. Oh, and I'm like, I love this. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so then, so, so then we, then we got, uh, then we got Alex who again, kind of like how dusty does with it. He's like, uh, I, I've got this family that I'm building out. Mm-hmm. He's been doing that too. And I've talked about that. He's got Herc and Hurley and Alton. And those are the brothers. 
And so for this one, though, he's like, you know what? I kind of want to play a crotchety old man. I'm going to make their grandfather. <gasps> nice. I love it. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to be a halfling artificer. And I'm like, oh, I freaking love that. And somehow during talking about him being an artificer, I think someone said something about teaching or something like that. And I went, oh, my God. What if... Go with me here. <laughs> Alex's character is our college professor, and all of us are college students going out on our first assignment from this magic or like this fantasy college. Oh my god, it's like Winter, it's it's, it's Winterhold, Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's basically yeah, basically like Winterhold, but but like we're instead of it being magic school, it's just fantasy it's school. We're like a bunch of it's kind of like adventuring school, eventually, uh, essentially. I love that. Um, <laughs> And so we all we we mostly started all going with it. Tar immediately jumped on board. She's like, "Oh my god, can I be your TA?" <laughs> so Tar's character is a sorcerer aberrant mind. Ooh. So she's a scion. Yeah. Um, and this is a character that she's actually had in mind since fourth edition. Oh wow. <laughs> Uh, that and that now she's getting to play, uh, and she, her, her idea of it, she's like a very hoity-toity, almost princess kind of character (laughs) who uses her aberrant, her scion powers to make uh, other people take damage for her. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna be in this. You move over there. You go fight him. (laughs) Um, so that got uh fixed up pretty quick. Um, Nick realized that his fighter, who he who's this, he he was like originally I envisioned him as a cop, but now with this idea, he's an ROTC brat. <laughs> I love it. So so this this kid is like training to be like a water Davian guard, yeah. and then is gonna get this book that's like, hey, you got a fate pact and have to protect the realms of magic now. Ah shit. <laughs> um, Kyle at first wasn't on board with it. Because he wanted to be this Ken Kuro kind of loner thing. And I went, Kyle, go with me on this. What if your character uh, is trying to steal something from our professor? So you have joined the group pretending to be a student. And he's like, shit, I love that. (laughs) He also decided, so his name, Kenku's name is Crow with a K. Cool. And he's like, I am. Uh, my name is that because someone called me that once, and I thought that's how it was spelled. <laughs> uh, and I was like, and then he goes, but I should have a cover. I should have a cover name for when I'm with you guys, Jeremy. <laughs> my name's Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Saint James, uh, with his uh, gunslinger Ranger, decided that he is from an extremely rich family. He is very prim proper. He, he wants to have a duel. Yes, pow, bang, bang. Um, and his uh, his uh, his elf ranger's name is Tim. I love it. <laughs> With two M's. Ooh. He'd want me to add that two M's. Um, and then so for uh, Christy and I, Christy decided that she was going to be a fighter. She was deciding between fighter and barbarian, but decided to go with fighter because of maneuvers and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. she was like, it feels feels cool to be a fighter. Um, her her name is Roni and um Roni or Ronnie, I can't just remember how she said it. Um, but yeah, she she's going uh like fighter ways, she's got maneuvers, she's being a badass. Nice. Uh and the the thing that I love is she's like, Well, I can't imagine the school just has like fighter class. Like it's <laughs> like and so she's like, I got into this college on a dancing scholarship, and I use it during combat. Oh, I love that. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, I decided. <laughs> so my character's name is Ondor. And uh, we also decided that our la- our character's last name is Brightaxe. Ooh. Um, so Andor Brightaxe is a warlock. I decided I wanted to go warlock. And what's funny is this uh decision came from me deciding that, oh, we don't have a healer. But I also don't want to be a cleric. Are you a celestial warlock? I am a celestial warlock. Oh yay! Perfect. So 
I do really love Warlocks, and Baldur's Gate 3 has taught me that even more so now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my saves, I'm my character is a Warlock, and I'm also running Will, who is also a Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just Eldritch Blast going off for days. <laughs> um, and so I, I never messed with the Celestial Warlock before. And going through it, I was like, okay, well, obviously... I'm going to get Eldritch Blast. Got to do it. Got to do it. Um, and then I was going to get... Um, uh, then I, I guess... I don't remember how I got the one. I have Sacred Flame. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got a couple other things. And then uh, going into the actual spells, I was like, oh, cool. All right. Well, obviously, I'm going to get Guiding Bolt. Obviously, I'm going to get Cure cure Wounds. And then, you know, I'm going to get Healing... What do you... What? Celestial Warlock does not have healing word. Nope. And it hurt me yep. physically. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm building this out. I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. It's fine. As we're doing this, Tom's... Oh, by the way, big shout out to Tom. I know I've been talking about the characters here. Tom freaking killed it in session zero. And no, I'm not just saying this because I'm his friend. And no, I'm not saying this because I know he's going to listen to this and it's going to boost his ego. <laughs> I'll break that back down when we play Destiny later. Um... <laughs> But no, he was asking freaking good questions. Just like, do you are you guys okay with this? What do you guys think about doing this? I'm going to introduce a new mechanic here. I'm going to explain it to you guys and I'll help you guys out with doing it as we're going. And it he freaking nailed it. Nice. It was great. And he was taking down everyone's name, everyone's bits of backstory he could get, just being so attentive, totally more than what I do in session 0. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he did so he was like, okay, listen, I want you guys to be cool. I want you guys to be badass. So we're gonna do some crazy stuff here. Namely, how we're doing ability points. Mm. He said, take 3d6, roll them, drop the lowest number, and add six. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my scores. After uh, after you know adding stuff and whatnot are as follows: thirteen for strength, fifteen dex, seventeen con, eighteen int, fifteen whiz, twenty charisma. Oh my god! At level one. Wow. <laughs> so it's a little it's a little crazy. I mean, like um, honestly, I kind of love it though because on one hand, whenever those ability increases do come in. You don't have to worry about your score. You don't have to spend a whole oh. level like, oh, what do I bump this into? It's like, no, you can get a feat. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, see, that's the thing. You, everyone that listens to this show for a while knows me. Nine times out of ten, feet or uh, ability boost, I'm going feet. Yeah. So this basically means I'm, I'm, I'm taking feats forever. Yes. No, that's amazing. <laughs> and then Tom just just made me feel so good because he goes oh by the way we're doing trevor's feet at level one <gasps> look at that and i went i know what i'm doing and i rushed to bard initiate <laughs> and i grabbed it and i've got healing, healing word, word. <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> yes i can only do it once a day but i don't care i have it that's perfect um, i love so, it yeah so we we did that. Uh, he also did the, this one took a little bit more of an explaining, and it's not one that I would probably do because I think it's going to get a little. I think it's going to get a little hand. I'm interested to see how it goes. This is definitely a good test run for it. Where it was when you level up and starting at uh, character creation, your uh, uh, intelligence mod equals points, and with those points, you can either become proficient in a tool, instrument, or language, or you can spend two points and become proficient in a skill. Oh. So I have a plus four mod to int, so I was able to spend two and become proficient in intelligence and perception. I'm worried about this one because essentially that means I could become proficient in two skills every level. And I know we're probably only going to sixth, but that's still, I'm probably, I would be able to knock out all skills and become proficient. So I'm probably not going to keep doing that after character creation just because I like not being good at everything. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm kind of surprised it's whenever you level up and it's not like the initial. 
go round. Yeah. Um, so that one's going to be interesting to see how it goes, but I feel really good about and keeping in the tradition of this group, we have a group name during session zero. Nice. Our our group name is the Academics. Oh, how cute! <laughs> and I freaking love it. Uh, Tara named the fantasy school after a piece of IKEA furniture. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I don't remember what it is right now, and I, I can't find our our little chat. So, but yeah, so it's going really well. We we got uh we got our first game uh tonight. Cool. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see how that goes. Very cool. No, that sounds amazing. But yeah, that's our that's. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, and what's cool is we are all using D and D Beyond. Um, which I okay. One more shout out. Freaking D and D Beyond is so clutch right now because I was able to go in and help people with stuff while Tom was asking questions, even though we're in separate places. Mm-hmm. So, because honestly, if if I was at a table, I would be using the Tome of Delving probably. But because I'm not, you know, having being all of us having Dean to be on and me easily being able to go look at their sheet and go, oh, okay, do this, go here, uh, or you know, like this is where you can find this info, or uh, like even uh, one of the nice things was uh, Nick was saying like, oh, I really wanted to use a background from Sword Coast Adventures Guide. And I was like, buddy, I got you. Went into the marketplace, bought just the backgrounds for three bucks. <laughs> And I'm like, there you go. And, you know, if we didn't have, like, I, I, I just, I think it's great. I love it. Yeah. Just had to, I, I, had, to, I had to gush about that for oh, a Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> when we did the um, Be Sublemish, like, I don't use D&D Beyond. And so you just straight up, you hopped on Discord together and you helped, after I just shared my screen, you helped guide me through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're, well, we'll keep that a secret for right now. <laughs> We'll we'll talk more about that yeah. later. <laughs> Pay attention to socials things maybe soon, listeners. <laughs> but anywho, uh, how was Pathfinder that I missed because I was mass cleaning and editing and stuff? <laughs> no worries. Um, it was it was fun. Um, we got another harrowing. So that was. I saw that in yeah. the chat. I was like, I think this is a harrowing. I'm not completely sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, previously on, <laughs> for context, um, we had just done a uh, ritual where we talked with Zolara, who is this spirit that's kind of been attached to us ever since the beginning, uh, to her mm-hmm. hard to her hard deck. Um. She... Which I, I think it might be my favorite mechanic from this campaign. Oh, yeah. I really do love it. Yeah. no, And, and uh, the way Wiz kind of adjusted things here for this uh, reading was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, for this for this upcoming yeah. one? Oh, yeah, shoot. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it, too. Um, so, Zalara tells us that uh, we need to find uh, Cerithiel. It's a legendary blade forged by a god of honor and justice um it's a bastard sword and it's an intelligent weapon seeking to destroy evil she also told us um that we'll find the sword in scarwall the castle that kazavan himself had used as his lair kazavan being the dragon that once uh, ruled over kovosa oh this is very old school adventuring party i'm i'm digging this mm-hmm. It's uh, over the mountains to the east of where we're at, actually. So, um, the song also gave a lot of hint that the sword itself is in Scarwall, and it's being guarded by a ton of undead creatures and other things as well. Hell yeah. So we're like, cool, get the legendary sword, kill the legendary dragon, save the world. (laughs) 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 And we're like, this sounds like so awesome. We're in it to win it, man. And so... uh, we're like, okay. Um, kill the wait, wait, kill the cheerleading dragon, save the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay. So we just gotta go there and imagine, if you will, just us pointing northeast and to like you know the Shadowlands from Lion King, and we're like, great. <laughs> Do we know anything about this place? And um. We're, we try to recall at least a little bit about the hold of Belskin, uh, Bel- Belkzin, where we have to go to. 
And um, both Sharondell and I, uh, in particular, remember uh, certain paintings that I managed to abscond with and sell again uh, that were that we saw when we were in Old Corvosa. Um, if you recall the artist Scream. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He made these really wonderful, just, you know, uh, delightful paintings of a desert where the sand is not sand. It is, in fact, bones and skulls. And the castle oh, no. overlooking okay. this wonderful desert. And it's like in this creature with just like exposed rib cage. It was a really gross picture. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, something to put in the family room. Yeah, spelling out doom, essentially. Uh, but we're like, doom. oh, yeah, that's Scarwall. It all comes back to me now. <laughs> and so we're like, right. Um, but first, uh, we decide... We want to remember more than that. We want to figure out more about uh, the hold of Belkson and figure out if we can prepare for it in any way. So we're going to head back to Karamaga. Um, We're going to gear up based on what information we find, and we're just going to go from there. Um, It'll take about two days to get back to the city, and on the first night is another harrowing. Um, It's it's the fifth one of this campaign. So Zalara appears, and I, I mean that. She doesn't just, like, possess me and use me as a conduit she oh, really? physically manifests as a ghost and performs Spooky. the harrowing so she's getting way more powerful <laughs> yeah we make a oh god joke here about oh, she's god. the true enemy the whole time but you know <laughs> yeah i was like this is demon souls i played this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um she she does she performs a harrowing the fifth one that we've had um and this time, instead of uh, our personal cards being drawn for us, meaning like a prophecy for ourselves, it's more so a prediction of the enemy will face individually. And uh, game mm. mechanic wise, we're going to get a leg up versus that enemy. Huh. So, okay. essentially, uh, Vittoria, I got the owl. Um, essentially it's the anchor to all evil. The pack must be defeated first to defeat the owl. Like, okay, don't know what that means. Um, Sharondel got the publican. He is the anchored guard, so close to freedom, yet so far. Uh, Alicia got the mute hag, wicked, and she sees into the souls of men. Badgerback got the Queen's Devil. Forgive me, I didn't write down in time what that one was, but it's a it's like Wait, the you, uh, uh, she she wrote because uh, I'm I'm reading yeah. these with you on here. She wrote Queen Mother. Queen Mother, thank you. Can you read what that one is? Yeah, uh, a fearsome devil who was once a servant to Zon Zon Kuthon. Yeah, uh, is that is that the dragon? No, that's a different person. Oh, Zon- uh, okay. So I'm gonna start this over. A fearsome devil who was once a servant of Zonkuthon himself, now bound here by the anchor. Yeah. So the anchor was brought up a lot <laughs> in all of these. Yeah, I, I'm noticing this as I'm. I, I, at first, I was just like, "What do what do they have to do with our podcasting platform?" <laughs> um, Ted got the winged serpent. Can you can you uh, tag me on this while I I say these out because yeah. I don't have the full things written out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a winged beast of shadow slumbers on his greed, ha- uh, having grown tired of the trap that sprung the anchor him to, or yeah, that sprung the anchor to him. So our best. Bet- oh God, my dyslexia yeah. went so hard there. That sprung <laughs> the trap that sprung to anchor him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> our best bet is that that's the dragon himself, and that. Okay. Uh, the last one is you, Keisha. Um, you got the eclipse. Ooh, cruel and sadistic. The eclipse has gone beyond the limits of undeath. Oh, undeath. And is bound by the anchor. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so pretty much for all these cards, like you're going to have some sort of benefit while fighting whatever the eclipse represents. Yeah, so that's how... That's what I need, more damage. That's how kind of adjusted things with the harrowing. Because before it was just kind of like minor prophecies pertaining only to you. But um, mm-hmm. here it's now like we're getting into the dungeon time. <laughs> dungeon time. And then there was the like true harrowing. Um, so the past was the cyclone. Um, this one was perfectly misaligned. And by the way, for those that don't know, but it's like if they're perfectly misaligned or perfectly aligned, it has like extra meaning behind it. Um, mm-hmm. It has a little more oomph in the reading. <laughs> <laughs> oomph. Um, there's the cyclone. 
Uh, a renewal after a difficult trial that uh, brings people together stronger than before, which, I mean, yeah, uh, we just finished the trials and we joined the tribe, so now we're all family. <laughs> um, the Wanderer, which was perfectly <laughs> aligned, uh, finds true worth in things others disregard. Another man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, and there's the Paladin, a refusal to stand down in the face of adversity. And again, that, this was about the past. This was what just happened. And we're like, yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the present. The first one is the lost. Uh, true emptiness is loss of one's identity. We're like, that sounds scary. The next one <laughs> is the foreign trader. This one is perfectly aligned. Uh, motivations may seem dubious, but the foreign trader can be an unexpected ally. We're like, Okay. And the last one in the present is the juggler. Fate and those who meddle with destiny. Uh, Keep up your rhythm and your performance will be dazzling. So it's like, all right. That one's like, we're we're not sure exactly what that can mean. We might be getting an ally soon, but uh, we ought to make sure that Mm -hmm. we keep a a, a good tight hold on who we are. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the future. Uh, this one was really peculiar. And then there's my... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, the first one was the tyrant. Um, that one's kind of self-explanatory. Blight upon the governed, doing harm on those they govern themselves. And so we can assume that's the queen um, and how that all went down. But then the next one is the betrayal. And this one was perfectly aligned as well. Um, pure selfishness, evil, twists the spirit and leads to devastation. So something's going to happen there. Someone is going to kind of turn back. And then we also, on top of that, got the peacock, which is a sudden and dramatic shift in one's attitude. Hmm. We're over here like, ooh, would it be too much to ask for that to be two different people? (laughs) 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 We're going to need all the help we can get. (laughs) But um, we're very interested. I I have a theory that perhaps... uh, Miss uh, Queensguard might change her change her thought process here. Might have a change of heart. Oh, I don't know about that. She seemed. <sighs> I know she seems pretty fanatical, but I, th- I think she was personal towards the queen herself, and not this dragon thing that's trying to possess her. See, story story writer Trevor totally sees that set up because it's really the only gray maiden that we know by name and talked to and was introduced <laughs> extremely early on into the campaign yeah. but then me player trevor is just like nah she sucks i hate her <laughs> i know <laughs> so there's a lot of you know so, yeah t- you can't decide a lot to unpack there <laughs> but um so we rest for the rest of the night uh, and the next day, Sharondell manages to spot a tower in the distance. It's very difficult to spot, even in the middle of the desert, uh, mostly because the tower itself is very reflective, so reflective so much that it looked like it wasn't even there. Um, but eventually, we uh, go investigate it a little bit, and it's the Lyrun Qua tribe. Um, we approach and say hi because there happens to be uh, several people actually standing outside the tower. They look like as if they're ready to fight. And we're like, what's going on? Fight me! <laughs> And uh, the leader tells us her name is Tekrakai. Uh, she's actually been dealing with an invader in the tower itself. It doesn't have legs, but it isn't a snake. It doesn't have a head. It's kind of like a blob. And I'm like, oh, I've heard of that. It's an ooze. <laughs> Ooh. So we, we agree to help her out. And I wrote here, after all, it's what family would do. Because... <laughs> we joined we joined the, the great tribes out here. And so now we're, we're officially like brothers and sisters at this point. We have the tattoos to show it. Nice. We we open the door to the House of the Moon, which is what the tower is called. And I get a glimpse of what this ooze is. And I determine it's not just an ooze. It's a carnivorous blob. They're usually gargantuan Ugh. and mindless. I tell this to everyone and they're like, Oh, so where's the bigger one? Because just in the first floor, we see there's just a large size one. And so I'm like, she did say that they've been like hitting it and it's like a wall because it won't go anywhere. So maybe she cut off a piece and we're like, maybe. Allie, this is this is giving me hard Cathedral of the Deep vibes. Yes. 
<laughs> very much so. Oh God. If we if we gotta fight some old rich motherfucker at the end of this. Oh Yeah. So like we're going in and this um tower like used to be filled with a bunch of stuff but at this point it's all just a wreck and we see several like bodies littering the floor clothed and armored still but no skin or flesh or meat upon them at all so it's just literal bones and clothes like as if they've been decaying there for years but instead it's just been a day Mm -hmm. and so we go in we start fighting this carnivorous blob at least the first part of it sharondale realizes i'm kind of useless right now guys i only have weapons that pierce and slash and we're like just hang in there as a defender he's like i'll do my best i'm in the back way in the back like yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't have been able to do anything oh yeah (laughs) wiz made a point of saying it's kind of a good thing trevor isn't here because he would hate this because it can't be crit on either (laughs) <laughs> why did why 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 because it's an ooze i don't care i know i don't like it and so that's what i'm here for <laughs> i'm here to slash pierce and crit things <laughs> that's my life if you my take life. those away what am i <laughs> what am i <laughs> i'm just a really cool chicken leather armor <laughs> Um, and so like we're, everyone's running in and, um, Tekrakai, she's like, I want to go in and help, but I'll just be a hindrance with my weapon. Cause they all have like these really cool, uh, star shaped, like swords, like blades, like, uh, I forgot what they're called. It's like, what, what are those? Like, like a ninja throwing star, but as big as uh, your hand <laughs> that you can wield. Star knife? Yeah. Star knife. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that's that's like their weapon of choice they're like we're kind of useless and I'm like here take my rat smash hammer and so she did and she ran in and helped (laughs) that freaking hammer we need to make that thing magical (laughs) like why haven't we put a rune on that thing yet because I just use it for (laughs) telekinetic reasons and that spell doesn't allow like magical boosts to the to the weapons to mean anything (laughs) well yeah but I mean like it could it could uh uh, we'll talk about it later. I think we could do things with oh, it. Oh, that'd be fun. I think we could do it. <laughs> um, and so, like, she runs in. She's helping. We eventually take down the, the large one on the inside, but then we hear things going on upstairs. Uh, Ted, at this point, has also grown gargantuan because he's a giant barbarian and he can do that. And mm-hmm. he runs upstairs and he sees this huge thing. Again, the floor littered with corpses. And he's like, well, I'm going to try to smash it. And so... <laughs> We go at it for a bit. Um, the thing does manage to consume Ted at one point. Oh, my uh, God. Stripping, like, his flesh at a very quick rate. He becomes drained. And I'm, like, shouting, I can't help you being drained. I can do everything else. And um, eventually, we do manage to take it down. And we we squish it down. The ooze is no longer a problem. We win. Uh, Ted is upset there. I wrote down this quote, give me back my flesh, damn it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Tekrakai thanks us for her help. And we learn more about the tower. Um, essentially they are, uh, worshipers of, I forgot what the name of the God is, but it's the, it's, it's a good aligned God of like the moon. Um, oh Desna, God! Right? I know. I think so. Well, I think I think they said it was Desna. I don't know if that's exactly. She's normally known for uh, being the god of stars and travel. Yes, that's what it was. It was. It was. Oh, okay. Because the the tower itself actually had a scrying pool at the top that reflected the uh, celestial body, so you could actually look okay. in and you can scry upon the stars, which is actually pretty neat. Okay. Um. Desna, I love Desna. She's like my favorite Pathfinder mm-hmm. god. And it was like, this is actually really cool. Um, she tells us it's... Uh, so we, we ask them because they're this tribe in particular is very much a nomadic one. We ask if they've known anything about like where we're headed, about the best... the best uh, What's it called? Belk, Belkzen. I can never say it right the first time. The Belkzen Valley. Like, So she says, it's been a generation since any of us have been over there, but the elders have given hints about the terrible things that way and i mean even the orcs in the area avoid it and we're like okay 
And she's like, and that's the only way by foot. She's like, yes, by foot. And I'm over here like, well, you know, we did just rescue a man who used to ride griffins for a living. Oh, God. <laughs> that's where uh, we, we, the players were like, wait, hang on. <laughs> Big brain moment. Hang on. What if we... <laughs> somehow side quest wrangle some griffins learn how to ride a griffin and just fly there <laughs> we as the dm is just facepalm saying please don't <laughs> 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 but we're like we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that don't worry about it too hard and she's like okay cool don't worry because <laughs> she's 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 willing to do it but she's just like it'll be a lot of work <laughs> um before we end the session um i managed to get someone sends me ascending it's from Laurie Voss um she she essentially is like hi it's me Laurie uh good to hear from you I think I hate the spell I have been talking <laughs> with my friends um and we all agree that we are with you guys we want to meet up um so yeah tell me when <laughs> Bye. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is a millennial leaving a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Laurie. And so Laurie is the overly enthusiastic follower of Zonkathon. And she's the one that bought Scream's art off of me. Remember those paintings specifically? Oh, yeah, of yeah, the place yeah. we're trying to get to? She's yeah. kind of like a zealot for that whole thing. And we're like, if anyone knows about it, it might be her. So, but we also wanted to be cautious because she specifically said me and my friends and we're like, she is also a follower of Zonkathon and that's like literally the anti-god of my god and Sharendel's god and we're like, let's treat this with some caution. I mean, like I personally yeah, am cool with Laurie. It smells like a trap. But we don't know anything about her friends. Yeah. So I'm, I responded, hi, would love to talk with you. We're near Karamaga. Meet us in the city and sending me again tomorrow for a meeting place. So we decided instead of telling her, oh, yeah, meet us here. We're like, let us get to the city, get a little prepared, decide a nice area that we can meet with them. And then we'll go from there because I think it would still be beneficial to talk with her about this. But we don't want to be just straight up into a trap in case she's gone and dirty with the queen or the queen has forced herself to go dirty with her. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that that's where we that's where we ended the session was agreeing to meet with Laori Voss. Nice. Okay. I I'm I'm very excited to because I will be here. I will be there next Sweet. session. Yeah. I, I I will. I, I did. I cleaned so much. <laughs> um. But uh. But yeah. No. That that sounds awesome. I. It's weird to say, but like, I'm kind of looking forward to this. What sounds to be a dungeon crawl. It's very which is weird for me. Epic fantasy, I feel. Yeah, and and I think I think that's kind of what it is because, like, a lot of dungeon crawls we've done, um, just just you and me, like, not I'm not even talking about specifically this game and stuff. It's like, I, I I'm I it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I don't quite. I know what we're doing here, but I'm I'm like I just want to get to that point. But it's like this thing is like no, this is the quest. The dungeon crawl is the quest. You have to get the sword and it's at the end of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that that is very classic, you know, uh, adventuring for me. And I'm like I kind of I kind of am excited about this. This sounds cool. We got to kill a dragon. We got to get a sword. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah, let's let's go. No, yeah, I'm 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 excited about it too, and it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And um, it, what what level are we at now? Oh, I don't think I leveled 12. up. Oh, I think I did. <laughs> I don't know if I leveled up. I might have leveled up. Um, but yeah, like I, I will also say like, you know, Pathfinder 2nd Edition does, in my opinion, lend itself better to dungeon crawling because to me it is more combat focused than 5th Edition. And so there's there's more stuff to do. At least more technical focused. Yeah, and, and like, and I and I know people think I'm bashing on it when I say this, but like, it's very fourth edition. And oh my god, did I have a dream last night that I was playing fourth edition? <laughs> I think I did. 
this is a live podcast realization of Trevor's. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, there, there's there's kind of a part of me that does miss the the very like tactical part of fourth edition. And I think that's why uh, there's parts of Pathfinder second edition that I do really enjoy because I get that tactical fourth edition feel again where it's like oh well i can get this to trigger and then this to trigger and then this and then so i as long as we're not fighting another ooze that i can't fucking crit or do anything against (laughs) (laughs) but that's uh that sounds like that was a lot of fun uh well uh then that is going to uh end this episode of previously on uh i i hope you enjoyed it sand sounds um <laughs> that we were able to entertain you despite that um if you are enjoying this show or you have any suggestions for ways to improve it the best way to do that is to either email us at difficultyclass at gmail.com or by leaving a review with your uh, suggestion on your podcast service of choice five stars along with it would be appreciated but you know we, we'd like to see what kind of feedback you have in there as well um, and uh, you can keep up to date on the show by following us on Twitter at difficulty class and I mean you can also follow us on Instagram at difficulty podcast but we haven't really done anything there in a long time and it's really lacking and I'm sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> if you have any uh, topic suggestions for the main show or a story that you want to share with uh, the audience uh, to be read on here. You can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you about them and see what we can do with them. Uh, but until Friday, when we do our main show, have a good game. <laughs>